Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Today from the program, Positive Farmers Conference over two days, the Climate Action Plan Details and Reaction, Chagas Review of the Year 2022, Meeting of New Sheep Wool Council. But first, Dairy Gold appoint a new board member. Dairy Gold is pleased to announce the appointment of a new member to its board of directors effective 1st of January 2023. Mr. Joe Tobin, a dairy farmer from Camus Cashel County Tipperary, has been nominated by the Tipperary Regional Committee to fill the Tipperary vacancy on the board, succeeding Mr. John O'Gorman, who will complete his maximum permitted tenure on the board on 31st of December 2022. Joe, representing the Boerlan Electoral Group, has been a member of the Tipperary Regional Committee since 2014 and the General Committee since 2019. A former field sales manager with Munster Bovine, Joe is a member of the IFA and ICMSA. Joe is married to Joanne and they have two daughters, Chloe and Kira. Mr Patrick Clancy and Mr Morris Curtin were both re-elected to the Dairy Gold Board for a second five-year term in their respective Mitchellstown and Limerick regions. And that's details there of Dairy Gold announcing the appointment of a new board member to its board of directors effective 1st of January 2023. And the appointee is Mr Joe Tobin, a dairy farmer from Cashel County Tipperary. Reacting to the publication of the Government's Climate Action Plan on Wednesday, 21st of December 2022, the IFA National President, Mr Tim Cullinan, said there's a lot of further engagement needed with farmers to ensure they can reduce emissions while developing their sector. The ICSA President, Mr Dermot Kelleher, said the 2023 Climate Action Plan announced on Wednesday, 21st of December, is long on aspiration and short on specific funding strategies. Mr Kelleher said the government's now going to have to put money in place or deliver on its aspirations. Farmers, he said, would be relieved to see there's no mention of a 10% cull either on a voluntary basis or a compulsory basis, which supported, he said, the position of the ICSA regarding continuing to engage on the basis that active farming must be supported financially to be more economically and ecologically sustainable. Part of a long statement there from Mr Dermot Keller, West Cork-based National President of the ICSA. 
Following the first meeting of the Wool Council, the IFA Sheep Chairman, Mr Kevin Comiskey, said the engagement was beneficial and he said the Council could play a key role in rewarding farmers at farm gate level for wool. Details of an upcoming tractor, truck and car run. Roberts Cove Festival, Tractor, Truck and Car Run, takes place on New Year's Day. That's Sunday 1st of January 2023, registration 3 o'clock at the Tracton GA Grounds Minan Bridge. All proceeds to Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland. Registration 3pm and the tractor run starts 4.30pm. All vehicles will be lit up with Christmas lights and there are prizes for each sector. There's a first prize for the best lit-up tractor, a first prize for the best lit-up truck and a first prize for the best lit-up vintage car. There will be a monster raffle in the evening. The Roberts Cove Tractor Truck and Car Run, New Year's Day, 1st of January, starts at Tracton GA Grounds and returns to Tracton GA Grounds. All vehicles will be lit up with Christmas lights. Registration, 3pm at Tracton GA Grounds, Minan Bridge, and the tractor run starts off at 4.30pm from Tracton GA Grounds and returns to Tracton GA Grounds afterwards. There will be a monster raffle in the evening. All vehicles will be lit up with Christmas lights and a special first prize for the best lit-up tractor Again, a special first prize for the best lit-up truck and a third very special first prize for the best lit-up vintage car. All proceeds to Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland. Joining us on the Farm Talk programme, Mr Barry Murphy, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Barry, welcome to the programme. And uh, I take this opportunity of wishing you a very happy Christmas and all your colleagues and staff at the Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you for all of your support during the year. Thanks very much, John, and, and the same to you and to all the C103 listeners. A very happy Christmas from all of us here at the Farmers Journal. The new Climate Action Plan, this appears to be pushing farmers away from livestock or by introducing what's some people might call extreme voluntary herd size reductions on the farmers' part. But could you briefly outline what the main aspects of this new climate action plan will be? I know it's covered in the journal, but you might give us a handy kind of um, overview of the main points that many, many farmers in the various sectors would be deeply worried about and highly anxious about. Oh, absolutely, John. That's, that's no problem. And I suppose yeah, you hit the nail on the head there with your kind of your teen up of it. Um, the climate action plan published by government yesterday it really it's, it represents a push away from livestock production. Um, while there's no you know direct cull schemes in the plan, um, nothing that's going to say that will pay farmers to to destock or to get rid of uh, sucker and dairy cows. It's it's everything on the other side of it that's pulling them out of it that that they've really gone and, and went hard for. So they've set these targets for alternative farming systems or for want of a better term and. They would be in biomethane generation, in uh, organic farming, more tillage and um, rewetting of land and a, a real drive for forestry as well. So it's kind of bringing it from, a, you know, the farmers who are in livestock farming currently to be incentivized to, to go elsewhere. What it does do is it brings in the recommendations from the Food Vision Dairy and the Food Vision Beef and Sheep groups. And they were set up, look, they, they brought in all the farm organizations and the, the various agri stakeholders and they were supposed to come up with, you know, solutions for cutting emissions. And while they did that, the, the farm orgs, uh, the IFA, the ICMSA and so on, they, they distanced themselves very much from most, most of those reports 
Um, but when all was said and done, they ended up in the document, um, and the, the document commits, the Climate Action Plan commits to mobilise the recommendations, and those were, there was recommendations in those to, to, to cull cows and to destock herds. So it'll, it'll not be forced on farmers. There's no, you know, department or government going to come in and say, all right, you have 20 cows, cut that back down to 10, or get rid of them all together and, and, and force you to do it. But they're doing it nearly everything, everything bar that, if you get me, you know, and, um, I suppose to be to be pumping money into other areas to try to get lads out of out of livestock production. And of course, there is always in the background that argument. There is a natural development, a natural drift from farming, a kind of natural wastage. But for some farmers who feel the suckler cow or the dairy industry, those are the main parts, uh, main props in rural Ireland and our Irish rural economy. But for those people, they'll say, where are the specific details of how funding will be used to, quote, incentivise farmers to leave? Yeah, no, it's very light on, um, on funding and specifics. John, you've, you've kind of described it well there, I suppose. What you do have is the government setting out a, a target to up tillage area in the country by the, by the tune of 51,000 hectares by 2030. So there's something like 348,500 hectares under crops in 2022, and they want to push that on up to 360,000 hectares by 25, and a, a higher 400,000 hectares by 2030. And that would be a 15% increase on the um, the, the 48,500 hectares this, this year. So look, not every part of the country and not every farmer has the land to go into tillage, so that, that straight out would, would pose a challenge. Um, they're also aiming for this, look, it's, it's a very, I find it hard to get my head around it sometimes, biomethane generation and the idea of growing grass and silage to not feed it to cattle or to, to, to livestock, but to instead uh, put it into gas production. Um, and they've set a target of essentially fast-tracking um, biomethane plants. So they're looking to have 20 large-scale biomethane, biomethane plants by 2025. And the thing to remember with those is they need about 2,500 to 3,000 acres of land to grow the, the grass and the silage needed for them. Um, and, and that's, you know, when you multiply that by 20, you're looking at 60,000 acres required for that one by, by, uh, 20, um, by 2025. And that's going to drive on to between 150 and 200 plants by 2030. So you could have a lot of lads growing grass and silage and um, you wouldn't have any sheep or cattle eating it. So it'll be interesting how that one goes. And then the other side of it, while, lads, while farmers could stay farming or um, you know your, your dairy and your, your beef and your sheep, they'll be pushed into doing so organically. And we saw the organic farming scheme closed the week before last, and it had some 2,100 new entrants go into it. Um, and they're added to 2,000 farmers already in conversion or fully converted. So 4,100 or there thereabouts is kind of what's in, in, in organics at the moment. Um, but they're looking to drive that on to about 12,800 organic farmers by 2030. And, when you look at it, 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 that will actually represent about one in every 10 farmers in the country farming organically. Um, and they're really going to drive that on through lump sum payments and, and, and area-based payments. Um, there's a budget for $250 million for it in the current cap, and that's to drive on to, to 330,000 hectares by 2027, or 7.5% of all agricultural land area. Um, but this new target of 2030 sets out for 450,000 hectares. So... The average farm size in Ireland is 35, or is 35 hectares, and if you divide that, look, you're, you're looking at 12,800 12, farmers. So that's a big jump, and it'll be interesting to see whether there continue to be a drive into organics and if, if, the, if the market can be found for farmers for their organic produce. And then the, the, the other one would be the, um, I suppose, the forestry. We had a new forestry program launched um, a few, to start on the 1st of January and in, into the new year. 
and that's backed by significantly ramped up payments and, and premium rates for forestry. And they're, they're really looking to, they're not meeting their targets currently, John, but they're looking to plant 8,000 hectares of, of new trees every year to 2025, and that would be a, in the region of 28,000 um, hectares of forestry additionally planted by, by that year. So, look, it, the plan is essentially, in a nutshell, getting lads away, getting farmers away from livestock production into these alternative systems. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not being received well by, by farm organisations uh, at the moment. Could these measures be in some way prompted by the ongoing war in the Ukraine following the Russian invasion? For example, we see tillage area set to increase from 348,000 to 400,000 hectares by 2030. Are we trying to aim for a greater amount of self-sufficiency all around, but particularly in the tillage area where our brewing industry would be very reliant on top quality grain? That's it exactly. So you know they, they pull out in the plan um, mention of you know increased use of Irish grain and Irish whiskey production, and that's that's really a sector that's booming at the moment. And Irish whiskey been sold across the world, and um, you know they're, they're looking to find more markets for that produce. And I suppose to, to, I, I don't know if we if the target would get us to self sufficiency in terms of grain grain demand. You know Ireland imports a lot of feed, um, but it, it definitely bring it on in, in that direction. Um, you mentioned there about Ukraine. And we all kind of have the the understanding of Ukraine being the bread basket of the world and the, the the giant tillage farms out there growing vast amounts of crops and how that was impacted by the war and I suppose this will be a reflection you know that's trying to fill up some of that gap but um, you know it, it's going to drive on the tillage area significantly but again any I, I, I dairy farmer listening for example you know the milk prices are, are going well at the moment and you, you couldn't see a situation at, 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 at this year or next year where a dairy farmer having invested in in you know new equipment on farm and, and setting themselves up to say actually you know what look I'll, I'll let off the cows and I'll go into tillage farming instead I just can't see that happening for the moment and another one impacted by the war um, the, the fertilizer side of things and the plan I haven't mentioned it yet but the the plan does include targets on fertilizer use um, and not not just in terms of quantities but also the type of fertilizer used as well so. It aims to cut sales of nitrogen to 330,000 tons by 2025 and 300 tons by 2030. Um, and that's another ramping up of, it, of targets that were set out in a previous plan, Ag Climatise, and that was the sector's supposed roadmap to climate neutrality. And that was looking for a reduction to 350,000 tons by 25 and 325,000 by 2030. So again, they're kind of turning the screw there the whole time. Um, like it, it happened this year where... Um, nitrogen sales fell to 343,000 odd tons um, for the 2021 to 2022 for the first three quarters of the of the of the season. You know, so farmers reduced their fertilizer use this year anyway, but it was largely driven by the by the cost and by the the, the, the price of fertilizer. So it'll be interesting to see how a lot continue again next year. But they're very high targets, and uh, it'll be interesting to see do, do they do they get met at all. And then they're also looking for farmers to. Um, increase their uptake of using protected urea and instead of straight urea. So they have a, a target of, you know, all urea to be 80 to 90% um, used by, or, you know, to, to be to be 80, 90% of that spread by 2025 and 90 to 100% of that spread by 2030. So um, that's a hard one to see happening because only this year, uh, it was only 16% of it was, it was uh, protected urea. So, you know, that that's a big jump for farmers to make up. This government action plan would appear to be by one way or another, by incentivising or otherwise, to implement 
the Food Vision Report recommendations and this is coming in, so I suppose the farm organisations, IFA, ICMSA and ICSA, all of those organisations and farming people, they'll want to see specific details of what will be done by way of compensation. If they do agree, they'll reduce their herds. You're being asked um, to voluntarily reduce your herd without any real specific hard facts. No, no hard facts at all. And, you know, the, we had a piece in, in our paper last week from my colleague Noel Barden wrote about how the, the EU and the European Commission is basically looking at, you know, that if you cut livestock production in Europe, it's only going to be ramped up elsewhere, you know, that they'll, they'll go increasing beef production in South America and so on. And that's, you know, the, the fears there on carbon leakage, that any carbon savings made in Ireland will only be, the, you know, the production will go to a country that's less environmentally conscious. So, um the, the, the hard data isn't there um, and, and in terms of you know how much it would cost the sector, the impact on the rural economy, jobs and um, the family farm and so on. Um, you know, so the farm organisations, look, they're looking for that at the moment. They're saying, look, we need to sit down on this plan and, and figure out you know, a bit more detail on it. But look, at the end of the day, what's also happened there is you know, we're here and talking to farmers on the ground as well. Any maybe older farmers or, or farmers who might have you know, only a few sucklers or something like that, you know, they're They'd be saying, I have a few older cows and I was looking at getting rid of them. And, and what this scheme would do is, you know, it would pay the farmer to do so. To So our advice and Adam Woods, our beef editor, writes about it this week, you know, maybe hold on to those cows into the new year and see what's coming down the tracks on this, you know. And no point sending cows to the factory now if you're to be paid a, a nice amount of money for them in, in next year. But look, there's absolutely no clarity on that yet and no, um, no sums by any means. And it, it's... Um, it is interesting, though, the way it all came about, you know, that the farm organisations, Minister McConlogue, the Minister of Agriculture, Charlie McConlogue, set up these, these food vision groups to come up with a plan to reduce emissions for first the dairy sector and then the, the beef sector. And, you know, it's, it's, fun, it's a funny way to do things. To, I don't know how the plans came from the group when the group didn't agree to them, you know, that the full, they hadn't the full farm organisation backing. And even with, without that backing, they still found their way into the climate action plan. So, it's, it's, you know, it, for me, it very much looks like a con- consultation with farm leaders and with farmers for the sake of consultation, you know, and where they really listened to, where their views on, I suppose, being being against some of the proposals in those, gr- in those uh, group reports, you know, where they listened to it all. To conclude, uh, we quote from the president of the ICSA, Dermot Kelleher, based in West Cork. Dermot Kelleher said, this is just kite flying, so... There is a feeling in the farm organisations that this is a, a further kite-flying exercise, but the farmers, they are deeply suspicious and they want concrete details. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Barry Murphy, news correspondent, Irish Farmers Journal, for giving us the broad outline of the new Climate Action Plan. Thanks, John. Thank you. You're welcome. Mr Conor Galvin, CEO, Dairy Gould, will speak on day one at the first open session of the two-day Positive Farmers Conference being held fairly soon. With more details on the conference, Mr Aidan Brennan and details of his own involvement. Mr Aidan Brennan, welcome Aidan to the programme. Thanks, John. So I'm, well, my official title is the Dairy Editor of the Irish Farmers Journal, so I'll be, I'll be writing the Dairy articles and Journal. And then on the side, then I give a hand organising the Positive Farmers Conference, which goes on every year. Uh, usually on in January, so it's great to be back, um, back in January again after a couple of years break due to COVID. So, as you say, that, that event is on in January. It's a positive Farmers Conference. It's designed by farmers, for farmers. Look, there's a particularly dairy slant on it, usually, but, but farmers from all different categories and sectors come. The theme this year really is streamlining your future. 
Uh, and there's a lot of talk there and becoming more resilient as farmers. And there's a lot of pressures on farming, particularly dairy farming, vis-a-vis the environment and, and so forth. So we've, we're, we've got great sessions on in terms of how dairy farmers can can, suppose, can get visibility of some of these challenges coming down the line, but also, more importantly, what they can do in order to overcome them themselves and their own farms. So it's on in the Radisson Blue Hotel, which is in Little Island, just outside Cork City. So it's on, I suppose, it's on the eastern side of, of, of the city. Um, very easy to get asked there from the, 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 the roadworks that most people will be familiar near Dunkettle. It'll be signposted for Little Island. Uh, on the Middleton side of Cork, uh, very easy to get at, and it's on the Radisson. And, in fact, whether people should register? Yeah, so it's a two-day event, um, the 11th and 12th of January, and definitely registration is essential. Uh, so they can, the best place to register is to log on to www.positivefarmers.ie and they get all the registration details there and, and indeed the full programme for the two-day event. They can stay overnight as well. It's a really good networking event. We have three or 400 farmers attend every year. Uh, so tickets will run out fast. I'd encourage farmers and anyone interested in coming along for a great, informative two-day conference uh, to definitely book early. One of the main things you'll be pointing out to farmers is, by way of reminder, that in any commodity, there's an ebb and flow in the prices and the supply. We know milk has been pretty good uh, in recent times. You're telling people never lose sight of the costs and the cost of the production of a litre of milk, depending on how skilled and progressive and up-to-date the farmer is in all types of technology. Absolutely, John. And, I mean, as you said there, the, the, you know, milk prices have been historically very, very high for the last 12 months. So currently they're at a peak now of around 58 cents per litre, which is, you know, out of, out of the world in terms of where it is normally. We're normally talking in figures of, you know, the mid-30s has been a high milk price, so much higher than normal. The, the flip side of that, though, is that, you know, with cost inflation and the war in Ukraine and COVID and all the rest, input costs have gone very high as well. So the risk now that I see is that, you know, milk prices will fall, which is predicted to happen for next spring, but the input costs won't fall as quickly. And farmers could be in a really tight squeeze unless they take a really good, quick, you know, decisive decision on what they're going to do to reduce costs for 2023. So that's one of the things we want to discuss at the conference, how to become more resilient. Uh, for me, I think there's a big risk there, let alone all the other risks and challenges around the environment and labour and everything else. But, you know, being caught in a high-cost structure when milk price falls, is a really risky place to be. Conor Galvin, the CEO of Dairy Gold, is due to speak on, 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 day, on day one, the first opening session, so everyone will be uh, really interested to hear what Conor has to say. The Positive Farmers Conference, it's on in the Radisson Blue Hotel, which is in Little Island, just outside Cork City. It's on the 11th and 12th of January, and the best place to get your tickets is to log on to www.positivefarmers.ie, and the tickets and the schedule is available to, to view there. The first session is on at half nine on the on, on the Wednesday, the 11th of January, and I look forward to seeing as many um, people there as possible. So thank you very much indeed, Mr Aidan Brennan from the Irish Farmers Journal and also associated with organising and helping with the Positive Farmers Conference. Thanks, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr John Horgan, Regional Manager, Chagas Cork East. First of all, John, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. uh, You're very welcome, John. And I'd like to take this opportunity of wishing you personally and your family and staff a very, very happy Christmas and a prosperous and peaceful New Year and a special mention. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Of course, of the Chagas staff who every week produce a feature and talk to our listeners. So those are the seasonal uh, aspects of our program as we approach Christmas. Yes. Yes, John, it, it's excellent that we have that facility and our staff are very pleased to participate every week from either Cork East or Cork West. And it's nice to be here now at, towards the end of the year, uh, summarising what has gone on for over the past year and maybe looking at what's coming up for the year ahead. Now, we have some upcoming events as such. You might uh, list yes. some of the events and very important um, staff vacancies. So first, we might take an yes. overall view of some very important upcoming events. In, in relation to calf care, we have a special farm event uh, in the Bally Shoneen Bearings area on the farm of William Healy on the 6th of January at 11, 11 a.m., 11 o'clock in the morning. And similarly, we have a calf care event for the Canturk area on the farm of Donal and Eileen Sweeney, Nark Ardrahan, Canturk. And that's on the 17th of January at 11 a.m. Now, in, also in the evening time, we have a tillage seminar in Cork at Silver Springs Hotel on the 16th of January at 7.30 p.m. And then to finish off the, the month, we have a dry stock webinar covering both beef and sheep. And that webinar will be on, on our website on Cork East for access. And it will be the 25th of, of January at 7.30 p.m. So we have two calf care events, a tillage seminar and a dry stock webinar that are, are already organized. For January. Plenty of information there at the start of the yes. year to yes, fully yeah. brief people. Now, coming to staff vacancies, some very interesting uh, staff opportunities yes, yes, have turned up. Yes, John. Um, what has happened is that we're recruiting agricultural science graduates at level eight who have a level eight degree in agriculture. We're looking for recent graduates 
to help us with nutrient management planning and, and derogation processing. And it's for a period of five months from January to the end of May. Now, these jobs are, are fully-fledged temporary Targus advisors employed by Targus, hopefully in Mallow and in Promoy. At the moment, we have three vacancies across Mallow and Promoy. Anybody who's interested in a position from early January should contact myself, John Horgan, at targus.ie. If it happened to be a younger type, a more recently qualified graduate, this would be a great opportunity to build yes. up a, a wonderful uh, you know, CV for the future. Yes, it does. Exactly, John. Our experience is that people that come to us on the shorter-term contracts either stay for a longer period and become very experienced advisors with us in Chagas, or they move on to other areas in agri, agri-industry and agribusiness. Um, but this is a, a very good direct employment opportunity with Chagas for an initial five-month period. And it will certainly build people's experience and build their employability going forward in a professional role in agriculture. Well, just the contact reference is myself. It's john.horgan at chagas.ie by email. An overall view of farming enterprises. We know there have been many developments. An outstanding feature, I think, of the year just going out is the huge rise in the cost of inputs and fertiliser, linked, of course, directly or indirectly with the war in Ukraine. So if we had to look at farming enterprises... Dairy and tillage, I think you would put top of your list as the I most would. important. I would. I, I think that uh, dairy and, and, and tillage have done really, really well in 2022. And as you mentioned, the effect of the Ukraine war was to increase input costs and also did help with output prices. And on the dairy side, average farm incomes in Ireland will average €148,000 in 2022, and that's a considerable income by any means. In relation to the tillage, there was the benefit of really good weather, and with the exception of spring uh, winter barley and some lighter crops in spring barley, the majority of tillage farmers did really, really well, and average income with tillage farmers is up at least 10% at around €64,000 per farm. Now, going forward, it's expected that the milk price may not be as strong in 2023 because the effect of shortage of milk on the global market will be mitigated somewhat by an increase in production again during 2023. And similarly, the very good prices on the tillage side were influenced by the lack of availability of grain at at harvest time. So we did have very good conditions both for for dairying and for tillage in 2022. And the outlook is, is for another good year with regard to demand. But the um, overall expectation is that, that milk price could drop back by about 15%. But that would still leave uh, the average dairy farmer with, with incomes in excess of €104,000 per, per year. And similarly, the, the tillage 
side is likely to drop by a percentage as well. Now, all of this is very difficult to predict, obviously, at the start of the year, and things can change. But the present indicators are that uh, fuel is likely to fall slightly as an input cost. Feed prices are likely to be either maintained or a little higher. A lot of rations at this stage are costing in the order of 400 to 500 euros per tonne, which is a very, very big input price. And similarly, fertiliser availability and, and price it will continue to be an issue. Um, in relation to fertiliser, in Tagus, we will be putting a lot of emphasis on trying to source protected urea as the fertiliser of choice for, for 2023. With regard to the other enterprises, then the beef and the till, beef, beef, sheep, and uh, uh, the pig sector, uh, beef beef farmers benefited from very good prices in 2022, but they had to deal with very high import costs. And while they while the selling price for both finished cattle and for store cattle was very positive, the very high inflation in input costs. Uh, resulted in in a slightly lower incomes on beef and sheep farms than in 2021. Um, there was mitigation, of course, by benefiting from uh, the fodder support scheme and from the sheep welfare scheme on the sheep side, and uh, participating in 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 all of the programs that add supplementary income on 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 the sheep and on the beef farms. With regard to pigs, pig prices rose gradually over the course of 22, and they did reduce losses. And there was significant state support for the sector, but on average, pig farms have lost large amounts of money still in 2022. There is a, a hope there that the corner will be turned in 23, and that the pig situation will turn into profit again. The Ukraine war, one of the spin-offs, it's an ill wind that doesn't yes. blow some good. But we find now on Irish farms, we are turning back to utilising every conceivable resource, better appreciating the value of slurry, the cultivation yes. of clover. And yes. they link to that for tillage people, the farm organisations in general, welcoming the EU Council decision on pesticide proposals as a positive development. So there's an easing off on the pesticide bans on things like glyphosate, neonicotinides for OSR and all this kind of stuff. So um, we were forced to look to our own resources. What can we generate from our own farm? And we, we find ourselves able to make substitutes to some extent for fertiliser. If we look at the use of chemical nitrogen in particular in 2022, it certainly was reduced by, by 20 to 30 percent, particularly on, on the lower output, lower input beef and sheep farms. And the reason behind that, of course, was that the cost per tonne was, was exorbitant. Now, you're bringing me into, I suppose, what our area for, for growth and for development in 23. The whole area of climate and mitigating carbon and part of that focus is a new service focusing on providing sustainability plans and explaining what farmers can do on the ground to actually reduce their carbon footprint and at the same time mitigate against greenhouse gases etc so 
what what you mentioned there are all the very good practices that that we'd be encouraging farmers to engage in and the the straightforward ones you mentioned maybe more clover incorporating clover to, to grow grass rather than spreading fertilizer nitrogen using low emission slurry spreading to get the best benefit from from farm waste to, again to grow to grow grass to put out adequate amounts of lime to bring up the soil pH and and also its its fertility and its ability to grow grass because it's at the right pH and similarly to get the best value from nitrogen when both lime P and K are, are correct. So there is a, a big emphasis nationally within Tagusk on the overall climate and sustainability and meet, helping farmers to reduce their greenhouse gases and their carbon by 25% by 2030. Now, this is a, a big job of work. Uh, the good farm practices that are, that are, are being developed will need to be in, supported by improvements in breeding and EBI and in possibly in, in relation to feeding and, and other areas where we could still improve in reducing carbon. Any other key issues which stand out for 2023? If we look at 23, we have a, a new cap essentially and we're, we're introducing new schemes like the basic income support scheme and also a compensatory scheme called CRIS. So we have BIS and CRIS replacing what was previously called the single farm payment and greening or basic payment and greening. So this new new program of, of, of subsidies and direct payments will have to be applied for in 23. There is new eligibility as well in relation to land. A lot of the biodiverse areas that were previously excluded will now be included for payment, which is a very positive thing. So biodiversity, climate, and also then the new systems for for eco-schemes and for direct payments under new headings will certainly occupy us well in the early part of the year. We are working towards achieving those targets, but it does appear as if uh, slice by slice, we are working out a system and the Minister seems to be now outlining how things will be achieved. And of course, at the same time, reassuring suckler farmers and the livestock sector, they're not going to slash the herd's size, but at the same time, We'll satisfy EU requirements and, unlike, we say, Brazil or other people, achieve those targets if we people hope, take it carefully. We hope so, John. And the big advantage we have in Tagus is we have been researching those mitigating factors for a long number of years. And we have uh, a program under what we call the Marginal Abatement Cost Curve, or the MAC, which gives us the guidelines and gives us the path in which to reduce each farmer's emissions. And the simple things there relate to slurry, low emission slurry, uh, reducing ammonia loss, reducing overall nitrogen use, uh, having correct soil fertility, having good breeding and genetics, and so on. 
So there's a number of ways of improving our situation and mitigating the carbon. And it's well researched at, at Chagas level. And, and uh, as an organisation, we're very well placed then to give advice on, on that overall area. And individual farmers will know their own special carbon number, their carbon yes. target number. Yes, what's envisaged is, and what was in, uh, described in the recent launch there on the 1st of December, is that it will be a combination of using existing information that we have available from BIA, ICBF, and from ourselves in Chagask. And we have developed uh, an app in which we'll be able to bring all this information together and identify for example, the, the carbon number associated with milk production. It might be, be a little over one kilo of carbon per kilo of, of milk solids at, at the present time on a lot of farms. And the target in the dairy gold farms would be to bring it back to 0.7. When we talk about idealistic situations, when we talk about sustainability, we know this must, it has to go in parallel with the farmer and his family or as an individual being able to earn a livelihood still. Absolutely, and that's why we're being very careful in, in our approach. And there's a joint approach at this stage where um, the farming has to be carried out well, production has to be maintained and, and be food producers in Ireland. And uh, we see our organisation being heavily involved in, in promoting food production. We still have that feature where we export the majority of our production and uh, we're, we're, we're very well thought of in the rest of the, of, the, of the world on a global basis in relation to our production facilities and our traceability. Um, absolutely, it's about farming, farming families and it's about, it's about farming doing its bit along with every other part of society and every other industry. And we, we are in, in Tagus have the research behind us to help farmers achieve this in as painless a way as possible. Just transition at the very start of the whole debate and calculation of the amount of emissions needed by certain target states. We were talking about just transition that no one would be left behind. And even in Holland, where they now recognise they have to cut back in their emissions and the big emitters, they are going to be bought out by the Dutch uh, government and Holland, I mean one of the leading exporters in Europe of agricultural goods they have to face in a very chronic, drastic way something we can do quite easily without turfing people off the land Yes, I I think the difference with Holland and Ireland is that Holland have been producing at very high intensity for a long number of years and they have severe water quality issues as well. And we're in a different position in Ireland where we have a lot of lower intensity farms along with the very high intensity farms. If we take the example of the organic farming side of production, we have a recently doubling of the number of people wanting to participate in, in the organic farming scheme. We have over 4,000 thousand. 4,000 farmers now wanting to participate, which is a doubling. And these farmers won't be high-intensive producers, but they will still be very much earning a good income 
from farming. And I think we are aiming towards achieving, we say, about 7 or 7.5% organic farmers in line with European average at the moment, around the 7%. Yes. We have some yes, way to go. We have a little bit to go, but it's 7.5% of the land area was the target. And I think even at the present time now, we've gone from 2.25% to 4.5%. It looks like we might even exceed the 7.5% by 2025. So we're well ahead there. We are, in fact, in a relatively good situation with great potential still. Yes, we are, because we have maintained a lot of our environmental standards. We still have a lot of very good quality water. We have to be careful in that area. But we have, again, programmes underway, and we are working under the ASSETS programme, for example, with the cooperatives and with farmers and the local authorities to try and maintain our our water quality, which is one of the key areas. We're looking at biodiversity in a much broader light than we used to. And as I said earlier, we're using all of the good technologies under the MAC or the marginal abatement cost curve, which helps us to reduce the carbon associated with a similar level of production. So that is the key that we see. Uh, it's not simply just reducing stock number. It's about being able to produce more output from very productive stock. And in that way, the carbon per kg of production is much less. Our sponsor, Dairy Gold's uh, former recently outgoing CEO, Mr. Jim Wolfe, addressing a meeting, did acknowledge there was a need for us to be careful about water quality. Water quality had certainly deteriorated. Be very careful about retaining the pristine water where it exists and expanding to all other rivers. Yes, that's true, John. And we have, in, in our own service in Cork East, we have Eamor Connery involved in the water quality program. And then in the Dairy Gold area, there are a number of advisors also in the asset program. So they're working on areas of priority, what are called priority areas for action, PAAs. And within those areas, they're visiting farms and on a consensus base, they're improving the situation by helping farmers say, for example, in in, in maybe uh, catering with farm roadways that can be improved, uh, some soil yard areas that need collection, or maybe maybe some further slurry storage requirements. But a lot of of the focus at this stage isn't starting in the farmyard where we used to start before, but we start down at the water and we work our way back to figure out things in relation to how the overall operation of the farm, both indoors and outdoors, is contributing to water quality. Lots to discuss, but thank you very much indeed, Mr John Horgan, Regional Manager, Charles Cork East. And again, we wish you a very happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year, and thank all of your Chagas staff who throughout the year, throughout the years, have contributed weekly features. John, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thank you, John. And happy Christmas and a prosperous New Year to yourself too. Thank you. Many happy returns.
And that's our Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to all of our contributors, including Barry O'Mahony, News Editor, 96.3 FM News, Marie Tug, 96.3 FM News Reporter, Laura Woods, a fortnightly Cabra Mocker Reporter, and most importantly, a very big thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. A very happy Christmas 2022 to all, and a happy and prosperous New Year 2023. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.